Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. So I have the privilege of sharing with you guys tonight. Last, last time I was here, I taught you guys a little Russian. Do you remember? This is your quiz. You guys remember? Okay, I'm going to teach you again because I, I love to send video back to our church of what I'm doing and see you guys. So I'm going to teach you in Russian how to say, hello, Zaporozhia. Pretty simple. I think you can do it. You guys ready? You did, you did it like two years ago when I was here. So you should remember, right? So I'm going to take a video while you do this. But okay, so hello is привет. So you can repeat, repeat after me, привет. One more time, привет. And then Zaporozhia. Zaporozhia. Okay, so let's try it all together. One, two, three, привет, Zaporozhia. Okay, well, one more try. One, two, three. Pre- okay, now you guys are ready for the video, okay? So, one, two, three. All right, so you guys passed your first language test and you, I'll be seeing you out there in a few months. You guys will be ready. Right? So, no. So I have the privilege of sharing the word with you, and the Lord has just put a special word on my heart. Um, we have been visiting a few different churches in the Denver area, and I've had the privilege to teach um, here and there. And um, so, so some of what I'm sharing, I've, I've already shared with some other congregations, um, but I, I think it's really, uh, it's what the Lord has been teaching me this summer, and I really hope um, it blesses you guys. I know it will, because God's word never returns void, right? So uh, let's open up to Hebrews chapter 12, and, and then we'll be in the book of Lamentations, which is in the Old Testament. And I hope to make a connection that you will see um, just between these two sections. Um, and I think, it's, I think it's pretty awesome. So, uh, when we, so when we moved to Zaporozhia, I was actually just asking the Lord, you know, to give us a vision, to give us a verse, and just give us a, an idea of what, what he wanted us to do in the city, a special, a special word for the church. And he brought us to Hebrews chapter 12. And he reminded me of how this needs to be um, a foundation of my, my life personally, my marriage, my, my uh, ministry, and, and the church in Zaporozhia. And so this is, this is, a, this is a, what I've been just trying to lay as a foundation for, for everything that we do. And so here, I'll read it to you. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. The author says, Therefore we also... Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And now here in verse 2, this is, this is the really specific word that God gave me. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, for the, um, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
And so this word that he gave me really is, is looking unto Jesus. And this is a word for all believers, and I believe that we're reminded of this all the time, but the Lord always wants to remind us again and again to look unto him because he is the author and the finisher. He is, he is everything for us. And, and so um, I, I hope to connect this to an, an Old Testament example of what looking unto Jesus looks like. But really, before we get there, um, I want to share with you just a little bit about the, the language here. See, in verse 2, the, the, the original language, when he says looking unto Jesus, this idea to look is actually to stare or to, to fix your eyes upon something. And so the, the Bible is calling us to, to stare at Jesus, to not lose our focus on Jesus, and, and to keep him literally at the, at the center of everything and the center of our life. And so, um, and for me, I don't know about for you, but for me, I need to be told this like daily and, and moment by moment. You know, when I'm doing ministry, when we're living, you know, when I'm on the bus or whatever, like it's so easy to get my eyes pulled off of Jesus and onto whatever is happening around me. Um, but we, but we, we, we have to endure. See, in, in, verse, in verse 1, he, t- he tells us that we're, we, we must run the race with endurance, uh, with perseverance. And, and how do we do that? We can only do that through Jesus Christ because he is the one who's complete. And he is the, the, the author, the finisher. He is everything. And so our self-efforts to endure or to persevere are useless without Jesus as the center and as our everything. You know, so I, I like to run. I just ran a half marathon uh, with my dad. My dad's here, actually, so he, that was awesome for him. It was awesome for me to run it with him. And so my goal when I'm running is to run with endurance. I don't want to crawl into the finish line. I want to finish well and finish strong. But I think that's, that's, uh, um, that's, that's totally what we need in our Christian, in our Christian walk to finish well. To, to, I think Pastor Ed just taught on that last week or a couple weeks ago, that as we're, as we're seeking Jesus, as we're desiring to make him the center of our life and, and the center of our ministry, we need that endurance and the perseverance. And it only comes when our eyes are on Jesus, when he um, is our true sufficiency, when we are resting in, who, in the person of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, and the reason why we need to do that is, is told here in verse 2. He says, because Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. That is why we need to keep our eyes on him. This means that he is complete. He is totally complete. That his grace is sufficient. That his sacrifice on the cross was satisfied the wrath of God. That his love never fails. That he's faithful even when we're not faithful. Um, basically, Jesus, Jesus is just so complete. So how can we go wrong when, when our eyes are on him? Um, and so, um, and, and it's exactly what Paul has called us to do also. You know, it's not, it's not our, by our own works so that we may boast, but it's through grace and grace alone that we're saved and that we can stand. And it's the gift of God that's given us eternal life because Jesus Christ is the one who is complete, right? You guys with me? Yeah. So, you know, um, but these words, I believe these words here, they, they speak of a battle, you know, a, a daily choice that we have to make. Are we going to choose to keep Jesus Christ at the center of our life? Or are we going to allow the circumstances of the world, you know, to, to pull us away? The hopelessness, the depression, the grief, whatever we have, the joys, the victories, whatever it may be, is it going to pull us away from keeping Jesus Christ at the center? Um, you know, and, and I challenge you guys, are you who have begun in the spirit trying to be complete 
in the flesh? Are you trying to work out your salvation on your own, in your own strength? Are you trying to serve the Lord in your own strength? Um, and I'll tell you what, like, the Lord had to move me to Ukraine to teach me that, like, to teach me that, um, that, I, that I had to just totally surrender unto Him and, and give Him everything and realize that I, my life just has to be in Jesus Christ because that's the only true, you know, sufficiency. Even, even, when, even when my flesh is tired, and weary, even, even when the world is pulling me away, you know, Christ, Christ wants to be that sufficiency for me and for you. And so I'm reminded, like, every time we share our update about the ministry, I'm always blown away by what the Lord's doing. Like, it's nothing that we've done at all. And I'm just, when, when we had that photo of the church up there, like, that's crazy that the, that the Lord's brought us into those people's lives and that he's entrusted us to, to teach them and to, to love them and serve them. And I'm just reminded over and over again as I share about what Zap, God's doing in Zap that, you know, it's not by Emily and I's might or strength, you know, or our wisdom. Emily has some wisdom. I don't have any wisdom. But, like, you know, it's not by any of that, though. It's by the, only by the Spirit of the Lord. And so he's taught us, you know, just, just stay steady in Jesus. Look to Jesus. So, okay, with that, turn to Lamentations. This is where I really want to dig in and show you guys a couple things. So it's in the Old Testament. Um, it's an Old Testament book right behind the, right after the prophet uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah. And now I can't find it. So Lamentations. It's basically in the middle of your Bible there. Um, and it's, a, it's an interesting book that the Lord led me to. For those of you guys who have read this book, you, you guys know, like, it's a sad, it's a depressing, it's a, it's a, it's a hard book to read. And, and actually, even in, in Russian, it's literally translated as the weeping cries of Jeremiah. That's, that's the title of the book. And, and, and um, that's exactly what it is. You know, it's just a man crying out to the Lord, a man who's, who's, who's been beat up, who's, been, who's seen terrible things. And he's depressed. He, he, he feels hopeless. He feels lost. Um, but, the Lord, but the Lord led me to this book to share with you guys tonight um, because I believe he's placed you in, in a very special place here in Aurora. Um, and he's placed us in a special place in Zaporozhye or wherever you are, maybe online or on the radio or whatever. The Lord has placed you where you are for a reason. He's placed you among people, among hurting people, among, de uh, among depressed people, among hopeless people, um, maybe the person that you're sitting to next, next to today, maybe it's you, that there is no hope, you know, you, you feel like that there's no hope. But the Lord has placed us as a church in a, in a season, in a time, in a place for a specific reason. And that's really what missions is all about. And, I'm, and I love missions, and I, and I have such a heart to reach the nations because I see how Jesus has placed his church in, in literally almost every, you know, little community and city and town. He has a remnant of his people everywhere amongst so many people who are lost and who are hurting and who are dying without the hope of Jesus Christ. And so... Um, we're here. We have a privilege. We have an honor to share the gospel with people and to bring hope to people. 
And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ because there is no hope without Jesus Christ. And that's why, like Paul said, that we must preach Christ and Christ crucified because that, because that is the place where hope is found. That is the place where salvation is found. That is the place where lives are restored. And so, you know, whether you're in a situation like Lamentations where you're just crying out to the Lord or you know somebody who's there who just is like, man, I can't stop crying. I'm, I'm lost. I'm broken, you know. Whatever the reason, the Lord has you around people so that you can bring the hope of Jesus. And he, he moved us to Zaporozhye for that reason. He has you here in Aurora for that reason. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people in, in Ukraine who are, just, who are just utterly lost hope, you know? Emily, Emily talked about it a little bit, but the, the country's at war. It's been fighting a war for four years with its neighbor, and, and the territory has been taken, and, and people are dying, you know? We have refugees in our city, refugees of their own country, you know, like they, from, from eastern Ukraine coming to Zaporozhye, looking for work, trying to restore their lives, um, and there's no hope with that. We have, we have a young guy in our church who is volunteer, volunteering for the uh, Ukrainian army. And um, when I get to sit down with him and talk with him, like, man, there's some crazy stuff that he's going through that he's seen um, out on the front lines. People dying, you know, a, a country without hope. And, and with war, there's economic problems. And then there's, you know, in Ukraine, there's sick pro- sicknesses, illnesses. It's one of the highest populations in, um, in Europe with HIV and AIDS. There's tuberculosis everywhere. There's orphanages and, 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 and babies who have no homes, you know. And it's exactly what we read about in chapters 1 and 2 of Lamentations. Just like, wow, there's, there's no hope here. But the Lord has a remnant. He has his church in a place so that we can reach people like that. And I know, I know here in Aurora, in Colorado, and wherever you live, that, that situations just like that are happening around you. And so, um, and he's placed you there, much like he's placed Jeremiah here in Jerusalem as the city falls. Um, I want to show you a couple verses here in the first chapter of Lamentations. See, the, the prophet Jeremiah, he had a difficult life. He, he went into the ministry when he was young, his whole life. People rejected his message, and by the end of his life, by the end of the ministry here in Lamentations, he looks at the city that he was supposed to minister to, and they were dead, they were taken captive, they were gone, uh, they were starving to death. And he, lo- and he says in verse 1 of chapter 1, this is Lamentations 1, 1, he says, How lonely sits the city that was full of people, how like a widow is she, who is great among the nations, the princes among the provinces, has become a slave. She weeps bitterly. He's speaking about Jerusalem and the people there. She weeps bitterly in the night. Her tears are on her cheeks. Among her lovers, she has none to comfort her. All her friends have dealt treacherously with her, and they have become her enemies. So this is is the state of mind that Jeremiah is in. A man of God, a prophet of God, basically lost his hope, it looks like here. Jump down to verse 16. He says, these things I, I see, I weep. My eye overflows with water because the um, comforter who restored my um, who should restore my life is far from me my children are desolate because the enemy has prevailed so Jeremiah like he's he's going through it you know in in this situation 
Jerusalem has fallen because of their own sin and rebellion against the Lord. But that's not what I really want to focus on tonight, although that's a fact that sin and rebellion brings severe consequences like this. But also, I, I just want to see, like, hey, man, Jeremiah, look at, look at the state he's in. He's, he's totally broken and, and, and depressed. Um, and he continues, he continues, like, this is your homework. Read, read through chapter 1, 2, 3, and just, and just try to understand the heart and, and, and the depression of Jeremiah here. Um, and he continues that through chapter 2. But I, I really want to show you something in chapter 3. So turn to Lamentations chapter 3. Um, you know, actually, you know, sometimes the Lord, the Lord brings us into seasons like this. He brings us into seasons where we feel like there's no hope and, and he wants us to turn back to him. He wants us to turn our eyes back to him. And um, from a missions perspective, you know, from a missions perspective, everywhere I've seen, everywhere we've gone, there are people like this. In, in America, in Africa, in, U- in Ukraine, like there are people who have lost hope. And the only answer is Jesus Christ. So check out what he says in chapter 3. He continues in verse 17. Continuing in this depression, he says, You have moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. And I said, My strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. Verse 19, Remember my affliction in the roaming, the wormwood, and the gall. He's specifically speaking about bitterness here. He just sees bitterness. He has bitterness. But then in verse 20, he says, and, and this, is, this, is where, this is where we really need to pay attention to what this man does. He says, my soul remembers, it sinks within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. As I read this, I was like, man, this is, this is an Old Testament example of, of looking unto Jesus, I think. There's all these circumstances in the world that are falling apart, and we, we can be caught up in those things, but as we choose to tur- turn our minds to Jesus and look unto him, we, we, we can have hope. Hope comes. And so maybe this is a comfort for you guys today. Um, two, two things, really. A, a comfort for you um, if you are in a hopeless situation, that you're not alone. Even great men like Jeremiah have been in hopeless situations. But it's a comfort because the Lord wants to give you hope. The Lord is reaching down to you. The Lord wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to restore uh, your joy of the Lord. Um, or number two, maybe, maybe that's not you, but the Lord is stirring something inside you, stirring in your heart to open your eyes to the people around you who might be hurting, you know, who might be, who might be suffering, who might be crying out like Jeremiah here. And so um, open your eyes, church. Like we, we need to, we need to, you know, I love, I love Calvary Aurora because we have to, it's win disciples send. So winning and sending, really, it's, it's all about opening our eyes to the people around us. And so, um, and, I, and you, guys, you guys are amazing at that. You know, I, I, we, we came here for many, many years and the Lord really worked in our hearts to, to look outside the doors of the church to reach people with the hope of Jesus Christ. So maybe the Lord's stirring you today, whether it's for missions. Um, you know, as a missionary, I come here because I love missions. I want, I want you guys to love missions. I want you guys to step out in faith and, and go somewhere and serve the Lord, or, um, whether it's just in your community or overseas. 
but maybe the Lord's stirring something in your heart today. Um, and be open to that. Um, but notice here, we'll continue here in Lamentations 3. So he says in verse 21, I, re- I recall this to my mind, I hope, in the New Living Translation, it says, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. And so let's, rem- let's read what he remembers. It's the following verses, verses 22 to 26. This is what Jeremiah dares to hope. This is what, this is what he's turning his mind back to. Verse 22, it says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, and therefore I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This is, this is uh, again, this is like looking to Jesus. He's, he's turning his eyes back to Jesus, back to the new, the new mercies, the new compassions, the, the greatness, the faithfulness, the love, the mercy of God, everything from, from all of this dark depression, two and a half chapters of like the, the saddest book of the Bible. And he turns, he says, but great is your faithfulness. It's new every morning. And isn't that awesome, church? Like... And, that, and that's, what, that's what he's teaching us. That's what he's teaching us in Zaporozhia. Like, that's why we keep our eyes on him, because he is the complete one. Like, through his sacrifice on, on Calvary, like, we can have these, these new mercies, and, the, and, and we, we can experience his faithfulness, even when we're not faithful. So, he, so the Jeremiah here, uh, he gets his eyes onto the Lord, and hope is revived when he remembers all the good promises of the Lord. And so that's why, that's, why we, that's why we read the Bible so often, I think. That's one of the reasons why I read it. I need to remind myself of the promises of God. I need to remind myself of who God is and how great his grace is and how awesome his gospel is and how it's totally transformed my life um, because it revives, it revives the hope within because Jesus Christ is hope. And, and we're able to build on that foundation of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, Jeremiah got so, so depressed and he sank to the bottom and he, hit the, he basically hit rock bottom, but the Lord, the Lord allowed him to get there so that he could build the right foundation on Jesus Christ, on the promises of God, um, and, and then turn, turn back to turn back to the, the realities of how good God is, despite the circumstances going around. And so, um, I, I love this. And I love, and I love how this section here shows the love of God, and the love that Jesus has for you, you know? Even in your thoughts of dark depression and discouragement or, or, or weeping, he comes and, and he shows his love to you. Because his love is never dependent on what you do, you know? His love is never dependent on the, the works that we do or how good we are or if, we, or if we're, you know, joyful and happy all the time. His love does not depend on that. His, his love doesn't depend. He doesn't love me because I went to Ukraine, right? He doesn't love you because you're here at church. He loves you because you're you. And, and, your, and his love for you is never dependent on you. It's only dependent on him and his truth and who he is. And so because his condition for, for him to love you never changes, we can have a firm foundation despite 
what is going on around our house, right? And so, um, I want, I, want, I want to look at this a little closer. So notice again what he does in verse 21. This is a practical thing that we can do. He says, I recall this to my mind. Um, in, in the New Testament, Paul uses language similar to this. He says, uh, transform, the Lord can transform our minds or renew our minds. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul says, uh, we, we must bring um, every thought into captivity, into the submission of Jesus Christ. And so here he's taking his thoughts and he's, 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 he's submitting them, this thoughts of discouragement, he's submitting them and he's turning his eyes upon Jesus. Um, he, he's, submitting, he, he's, he's uh, submitting his thoughts that are pulling him away from Jesus and he's just looking at Jesus. He's taking captive every thought. Because here we see two and a half chapters of him thinking himself into severe discouragement and hopelessness but as soon as he gets his eyes back on the Lord and, and decides what he's going to dwell on and what he's going to think on and who he's going to look to, he has hope. And so that's practical for you guys, you know. Just choose, discipline your mind to, to look to Jesus. Something that Emily and I learn all the time, you know, because we just face so many weird things when you're, when you're out in, in a foreign country that, that can totally pull you away. Um, but if we dwell on those things too long, like we, we lose the joy of the Lord, we lose the hope of the Lord, so we learn, to, we learn to take those thoughts captive. Um, but also notice um, he says in verse 25 that the Lord is good to those who wait for him. And so this, this idea of setting our eyes on Jesus, getting our minds off of ourselves and onto him, I think it could also be described as waiting upon the Lord. And the Lord says it's, it's good for those who wait on you right? It's a, it's a hoping and expecting and trusting in Him and His sure salvation, even thing, when things get bad. You know, Jeremiah is not the only one in the Bible who's a man of God who, who, who experienced things like this. Uh, David in the Psalms often cries out to the Lord in, in deep discouragement. David, uh, in one of the Psalms, he says, I'm worn out calling for help. My throat is dry my eyes fail looking for my God. And I think we all have seasons like that where we're tired and, and worn out for calling out to God and, and we feel like he's not answering and, and, our, and, our, and our eyes fail to see him. But the answer is to wait on him. Wait on him, trust in him, even when our eyes and our circumstances tell us it's hopeless. If I, our eyes are on him, it's not hopeless because he already has victory for us. And so here... Um, it's great. He says, wait on the Lord. And then in finally, uh, uh, verse 24, he says, because the Lord, the Lord is my portion. And so that's another practical step for you guys today, just to examine your lives and look at you. Is the Lord truly your portion? Is he your, is he your everything that you are? Is he the one who satisfies? Is he the one who fills um, or not? Um, just on, answer that honestly for yourselves, you know. Something that we're always, always working with, uh, the Lord's wanting to work inside of us, inside of me personally, inside of our church in Ukraine. Like, are, are, you know, are we, are we just going through the motions of ministry, the motions of church? Or is the, are, are we doing the things we're doing because the Lord truly is our portion in our everything? And so he, he must be our portion because he is complete. Everything that's stripped away um, everything can be stripped away, but we'll always have the Lord um, because he is the Lord, and that's all we need. 
<clears throat> so I encourage you guys, look to Jesus. I wanted to share with you in Second Chronicles, chapter 20. We're in the Old Testament a lot. You know, I've been reading through the Old Testament the last few months with my devos, and so the Lord's been just speaking really cool things to me through the Old Testament, um, just showing me Jesus uh, through this, and I encourage you guys, just read through the Old Testament. It's crazy what the Lord will show you. Uh, but a few months ago, I was reading Second Chronicles, and a few months ago, actually it was probably more like a year and a, a half a year ago, I was reading this, and we received some uh, discouraging news about Emily's health, and it was a time when she was here, and I was still in Ukraine, and it was just a, it was a difficult time, and I was here in Second Chronicles reading, and, you know, I was like, Lord, just please just speak to me, you know, this is just... I, I need something. And he brought me to this verse in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. And it says, um, actually the context of this is that the people of, of Moab and Ammon and all these other nations were coming, coming to battle Israel. And the, the, for Israel, there was literally like no hope. They thought they were going to uh, be wiped out by the surrounding nations. And it comes to verse 12. And the, and the people cry out to God, and they say, God, will you not judge them, speaking about these nations? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. And I just want to pause there for a minute, because I think that all of us have experienced something like this in a place where we feel like we have no power and that we don't know what to do. Um, I, think, I think we can all relate to this in our life. We, I wanted to, we wanted to share a prayer request with you, and we, and we were going to share it with the updates, and I decided, like, I want to share it through this because this is really what the, the Lord's been teaching us. But uh, just a couple months ago, the Lord um, brought to our attention uh, a little baby who was in the hospital in Zaporozhye. And we come comes to find out that she's been totally abandoned by her parents, and she's born prematurely, and uh, that's about all the information we had. And the Lord strongly put on our heart, almost immediately, probably within a couple hours of when we found out about her, that we must uh, step out in obedience and pursue adopting this baby. And um, this was like, this was two months ago, and it's been just uh, really crazy. It's really been discouraging in a lot of ways, knowing that there's a baby in a hospital, uh, not really receiving great care, just kind of laying there, totally abandoned. And the Lord has really put her on our heart, and, and we already are like loving her and wanting her as our own, but not being able to do anything, like just waiting, trying to get the process going, you know? And, and so we're doing like the applications, we're trying to get everything in order in Ukraine last month, and we're going to hospitals and getting doctor visits and all these stamps and crazy things, like things you don't want to ever have to deal with. Like you think the DMV is bad, you know, don't, <laughs> don't do, don't, documents in Ukraine like yeah so but so we get like we spend weeks and weeks and we get this stuff and we go into the the last office we need to get one more stamp to say that like all these other stamps are approved and that we're healthy and that we're eligible to adopt her and uh, the uh, the the office throws our documents away They're like we're, we're not giving you we're not giving you the stamp you all of these documents are illegal we can't do anything of this for you and basically what they were doing is they're waiting for us to give them a bribe and get get what we needed um, we felt strongly not to give that money and we just kind of like okay lord whatever you have we trust you um, but it's so frustrating like we want we want to get this baby but we 
<laughs> like, what do we do? And I, and I just remember this verse again, you know, there's no power. We have no power. We don't know what to do. But re- look what they say at the v- very end of verse 12. It says, after all this, but our eyes are upon you. And, and, and that's what the Lord wants of us, just to keep our eyes on Jesus, because he is true. He is faithful. Um, He's the one who has the power. He is the one who knows what he's doing. He loves that little baby more than I love her. He's going to take care of her. He's sufficient, you know. And, and we, I just want to, to just share with you guys, like, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't, don't, don't allow the frustrations of the world to take that away from you because he's our, he's our hope. And like Jeremiah said, through the Lord's mercies, they're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord's my portion. Therefore, I hope in him. And, and this is kind of really what, where we're at with this, this baby. We're just like, man, Lord, we know, we know that you're merciful and you have compassion. And if you would, if it's your will to entrust her to us, we're more than happy to take her. And so here we are. We're back in, it's actually a, a good timing that we came back to America because we found uh, an agency that works in Ukraine and they're helping us with this stuff and we're still like really just trying to get this stuff and we're doing everything that we can to get this baby but legally we can't even see her or help her until everything's finalized so we just have to trust the Lord and keep our eyes on him that he's going to take care of that little baby uh, that our eyes are on him Jesus, Jesus is the one who, who he's the faithful one right and so um, I, we just ask you guys, be praying for this baby. She doesn't have a name. She hasn't been named yet. And so, um, and that's one of the complications is that she's, because she's unnamed, she is, um, you know, not in the system yet. And so she's not eligible for adoption and no one really technically knows who she is. So we're just praying for the Lord to move mountains and we ask you to pray with us for this this baby. We've been asking all the churches who we've been speaking at. We want as many people as possible to be praying for this, this little girl. So, um, but the Lord's, the Lord's mercies are not consumed and it's, his compassions do not fail because they're new every morning and his faithfulness is great. He is our portion. Therefore, we hope in him. So you guys, each, I just want to encourage you guys, whatever, whatever the Lord has you today, each, each sunrise, each new day, each new moment that the Lord gives us is, is, a, new, is a new day of hope and, and fresh mercies and compassions that He's poured out on you because He loves you. And now we can, just, we can just rest in that and then take it out to the world that so desperately needs it. Amen? So I was reading this morning. Uh, I was in the, still in the Old Testament. It's slow work. But um, I was in uh, the, the Minor Prophets, and this, this verse just jumped out for me this morning, and I wanted just to end with this, and I'm just going to read it to you guys. <clears throat> it's from Habakkuk chapter 3, uh, verse 17 to 19. And it's really just what's been on my heart, and I think that this, this will uh, encourage you guys. So this is what he says. Verse 17, chapter 3, Habakkuk. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herds in the stalls, 
basically he's describing just like a fruitless time, you know? We've, we've experienced this. We've experienced this in ministry. You've experienced this in whatever. Like, you just, you just look at what's happening. Man, there's nothing, nothing being produced. But in verse 18, he says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like, uh, make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. And so, so guys, I just encourage you, the Lord is your strength. The Lord is your portion. Turn to him, and um, he will hold you and carry you. Amen? So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this evening. Thank you so much for your word and your faithfulness. Um, I'm, just, I'm always just so excited and blessed to be able to share with, with these guys in Aurora. Like, it's such a special, special, such a special place to me. Uh, thank you for leading me here to this church many years ago um, and just uh, disip- uh, discipling me and, and working in my heart through the ministry here. I know you're still doing a great work, Lord. So I just thank you for that. Thank you for the people here tonight. Um, and just their, their, their willingness to come on a Wednesday night to seek you. Uh, what, a, what an amazing thing that is for people to, to hunger after you. Uh, it's not the norm in today's world. Um, but here you have a group of people who just love you and want your word. And so please, please just uh, use tonight's uh, message and tonight's service as an encouragement to us. Build us up, edify us, encourage us, um, and send us out for your for your kingdom, Lord. Lord, we want, we want to be willing vessels that you fill with your spirit so that we can uh, just be used by you. And so, Lord, that's my prayer. And pray for people here. Maybe there's someone here who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And I just pray tonight, Lord, that, that you work in their hearts and, and soften them right now and they choose you, that today is the day of salvation. And I don't know if, anyone, if, if the Lord's speaking to anyone here tonight. But if that's you, and somehow you just came in, you've never been here before, maybe, um, maybe you think I'm crazy because I'm out in Ukraine, you know, who wants to move to Ukraine? But, but the Lord does amazing things, and I just encourage you guys, open up your heart to what Jesus has for you um, because his compassions and his, his mercies are more than you could ever imagine. And so just give your life to Jesus tonight, I encourage you. Um, God bless you guys. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.